This podcast is brought to you by Clubforce. Clubforce is the Irish leader in club automation, simplifying payment collection, communications and fundraising for members, clubs and leagues. Clubforce has been championing club volunteers and making sport happen since 2009. Today I'd like to be joined by Danny Hughes and Joe Sheridan to look ahead to this weekend's All-Ireland Senior Football Championship Final between Mayo and Tyrone this weekend. But before we do that, um, we have to give credit um, to the Mead ladies for their fantastic win um, over Dublin at the weekend, Joe. And like, not many people gave them a chance and a, a huge result for Mead, c- considering where they have come from. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's a fantastic achievement. Um, just in general, for any team to win in All-Ireland, to be honest. Um, and then also for to go on and, and do it against... Uh, Four, four in a row team going for five in a row like Dublin a team that have probably ruled the roost over the last couple of years um, and even to compete with the likes of Dublin and Cork over the last like the bet Cork in the semi-final and to beat Dublin in the final but yeah no it's, it's great celebrations and the girls deserve all the credit that they're getting um, all applauded because it's an easy feat to, to come up from intermediate after getting beaten in two intermediate finals as well Um come up in first year they won division two this year as well um and it's amazing that they just kept rolling and, and that their belief and confidence in themselves and that the, the way they played the football play the game and um the way Eamon and, and the backroom staff have set them up it, it was incredible and to be honest they, they just they stuck to the game plan so well and put high pressure on the Dublin kickouts and Dublin couldn't get out get, get out their full back line to be honest in the first 10 or 15 minutes and um it just showed and the high intensity that they played at they just I was I was a wee bit worried, thinking maybe that they won't keep this going, but there was no sign of it. They just kept playing on, and they were they were extremely confident in their, their fitness levels, and obviously to be able to execute the the football skills as well. On top of that, it was um it was top class, you know. So fair play to them, and massive congratulations to them all and everyone involved. Yeah, and as you said, they looked like an extremely well coached team, but when you consider a few years ago, they lost by forty points. Um, against Cork, lost two intermediate finals, and to go and beat this Dublin team, going for five in a row, like I don't know, are we ever going to see a good as a sporting achievement like this in the GA again? Yeah, look, I, I won't say you won't, but it, it's 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 up there with the best of them, to be honest. Um, or you you look at everything that was going against them, and I think everyone apart from anyone who was involved in that meet setup, believe. They had no hope, you know. Um, and even I'd say some of the meat support was going up. They were going up with more the the occasion and all I'm fine. But did they really believe that they could beat Dublin? Um, especially in the way they did. I don't know, I'm not too sure. But you could even tell with, with some of the pre-match interviews that the girls were doing. They, they were so confident and they weren't over overawed by situation. And it's great because there's too much of this. Oh, we'll she look, we'll see how we get on. Yeah, sure. If we win, we win, and you know, she will. Just put put our best foot forward and we'll go to the process. No, the girls were extremely confident in what they've been doing. Um, they've, they've obviously been well drilled over the last number of months and and the way they play the game and you could see it. You know they were extremely confident. Every, every single player, ball in hand, working through the hands from, from defence all the way through, broke out at pace then into the into the forward line where we were getting the right girls on the ball to get the shooters uh, taking the scores. And the one thing I did notice that they were getting the scores at the right time. You know, Dublin might pull a point or two back and next thing they go up and get a score. You know, and they just, they, they just kept, you know, that at arm's length against Dublin. They just, the game management was incredible. Um, you know, Vicky, obviously, in the last 15, 20 minutes, Vicky Wall, you, you end up with man the match, the lady in the match that um, she, she just grabbed possession and she's so powerful running. She was probably unfortunate to get a few more. I think because she's so powerful and she runs with the ball a lot, sometimes the refs don't give her the, some of the decisions that she she should be getting. But um, you know herself and Emma Duggan and you know uh, Emma Troy from cornerback kicking two points was incredible. Um, you know, but across the pitch, you know, Neva Sullivan kicked three points, three vital points from left and right sides of the pitch, and they they were just. I think you, you, 
every single girl played to their potential and to do it in all our finals as Daniel know it's it's massive you know to be able to turn up on the big day it's it's you know that's where it has to be done and it was it was great success and you know hopefully just they can build on that and set go and set a precedent for from what say the likes of Dublin and Cork have done over the years and and with their confidence and the ability and their age average age of the squad I don't think would be an issue as long as they keep them all together. And just finally on that, Joe, Emma Dublin is surely going for a point there when she gets that goal. Never, never. <laughs> goal. Even if you weren't going for goal, you claim it. And <laughs> it was forwards. Might not get that many scores. So anytime you get one, you're not going to not claim it. So, uh, oh, look, maybe she was, maybe she was, but she, she's such natural ability. I wouldn't be surprised if she was going for it, to be honest. Um, she's a lovely kicker of the ball and, and, and lovely strike. So, and um, luck you take all the luck you can get and um, that's what they needed it was a great start for them and for the rest of the game Looking ahead to this um, All-Ireland final between Mayo and Tyrone Danny obviously played in the All-Ireland final in 2010 how would you find this week now preparing for the game? Funny um, I was just writing about that today uh, for Colin would do on a Thursday but when they look back at it, uh, so it is all a bit of a blur. Um, I suppose you're always focusing on the actual day and the result. Yes, you go to training and you try and I suppose you try and keep your feet on the ground. You try and not get too absorbed in the uh, in the good feeling around the county. You see cows being painted, sheep being painted, flags going up in the local locality here with the club was decorated and stuff like that. But we, we had no representatives in, in the old Iron winning teams in the 90s. So there was a there was definitely locally a, a great uh, spurt and sense of confidence. And you also be, you know, to be fair, you get a lot of uh, well-wishers that would either call to the house or you know, send a nice card and stuff like that. So it's very hard to escape all the build-up uh, in that regard. Um, so, but it, it was, it, to, to be honest, it's not something that, you know, I particularly uh, remember that well. Um, I do remember trying to give the tickets, like there'll be a lot of issue around tickets, particularly this year with with the, the, the stadium only being half full. So, those small issues can obviously it can draw your attention away from what is going to be the game and I found that I just tried to pass all that kind of stuff on to my father and my brother well a couple of brothers but one the more responsible of them um, and my father tried to give all that kind of logistical stuff about suits and tickets and Look, you know, all that kind of stuff. I tried to pass that all over to them. I was taking nothing to do it. And anybody that contacted me about attending the game and stuff like that, they were to go through right through to them. And and those small things, you know, you don't you certainly don't want to abandon the people that helped you and supported you over the years. And there'll be all that kind of white noise, as I call it, in the background and the build-up to it. And I suppose that can that can definitely pull you away from the focus that is the match. In a lot of ways, sometimes it's good. It's it's, it's different for everybody. Um, sometimes that's a good bit of a distraction away from the actual game. But for me, it was just about keeping with the process that that, that had got us there. You're training three, four nights a week. Um, the media nights are actually probably a lot better now at the minute with Throne and Mayo because there's only a few of them going to the media nights because of COVID. And there is... A, there, there's the whole county won't be arriving and um, we had open training sessions and stuff like that so there was a lot of people arriving at the stadium to watch us train and stuff so all that kind of stuff will probably not be relevant which in a good way will help to focus minds on the actual game which is what a semi-final or a quarter final would look like uh, or, or a provincial final so there'll be a fair bit of anxiety around the squads but I think the nature of the society and uh, that we're in at the minute with COVID. Danny seems to be um, gone there, but for both teams as well, Joe, 
like most of the work you'd feel it'd have to be done like they're not going to be going all out in training this week. Oh no, looking. I've never been involved in all Ireland final only at minor level, and, and there is a, a lot of stuff that has to be dealt with in the build up to the game, as Danny was mentioned, tickets and just logistical stuff more so than anything. So just getting that right media stuff, and that's that's fine. Should lads are well used at this stage, but um, it's literally just keeping everyone right, you know, just being sharp. I won't say they're not doing anything that, that they need to just keep their eye in. So I'm guessing very little contact this week with training um, and, and trying to just keep the lads focused on what they need to do, a game plan, talking to each individual, talking to players that will be, come on and be involved, to keeping the whole group together and, and just keeping it all nice and tight and, and keeping it um, as normal and as quiet because there is a, I suppose, with the crowds and the build-up to it, it's not as big as it would have been over the last couple of years, but obviously with COVID uh, restrictions and, and different things like that. So I think it, the hype isn't as much as it would have been um, over the last number of years, but it's um, it's something that the, the the teams will have, the two teams will have to obviously, and management will have to keep an eye on and just make sure that everything is all. And for me, I think you have to embrace it as well. There's no point trying to pretend it's not there. We're not going to an all iron final, but there's not a lot of people talking about it. There's not a lot of people um, and you know, expecting a big performance because that's if you do, then it brings on the nerves and next thing you're overthinking and you can't sleep. And um, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd say that is to embrace it, the occasion, but then to be able to enjoy it to a point as well. And it's um, Look, they, they obviously just want to make sure everyone's injury-free and going forward and they've got a, a full pick of squad players to pick on for um, for Saturday evening. Sorry about that. <laughs> Danny, um, as Joe mentioned, like for the players, it is about embracing the occasion because like you can't take all Ireland finals for granted at the same time. No, and uh, I suppose the last one, Tyrone, were in and some of the players were familiar with this was 2018. And you know it, it didn't go their way. They weren't particularly impressive that day. And Dublin, you could almost say that it was there was inevitability. There was nerve of inevitability about it. And before that, the last final they'd been in was two thousand and eight when they won it. So, you know, there's something something that doesn't come around that often. So there will be, there will be for the Tyrone team anyway and the Tyrone squad. There will be a right. We're here. We need to do it. Um, and with that comes a wee bit more pressure. I would, I suppose, argue the point that Dublin carry Mayo's of this world. There's a more familiar, uh, there's a fam- more fam- uh, familiar acceptance that those teams will be there, thereabouts in the semi final or all iron final, as Mayo have proved, uh, I suppose, for the best parts of a decade. Uh, how many all iron finals is this now for Mayo? Is it what, four, five, six? Must be six, is it? Yeah, it must be close to that. So, so you're talking you're talking about six and eleven years is serious, serious, consistent performance to get there. So I suppose for them, it's almost like another game, albeit you know they've they've done the hard road, they've accepted the really difficult losses, they've had the replays, they've had the hard luck stories. So for them, I think Mayo's got to a stage where. You know, given that they were beat in just last December in a, an All Ireland final, I think this will have a different feel to it because one, they're not playing Dublin, they're not playing Kerry, and two, there will be a crowd in it, albeit half full, but it will feel almost full given the occasion. And Mayo not only take an expectation in there, but they also write we've we've played the the kind of the the gallant loser card let's go and win this bloody thing by, by hook or by crook so you know I, I would I would say that there's two different approaches to this final for Tyrone it's about right we don't get here that often so the pressure's on to deliver and for Mayo it's the hard luck stories we've done them too we've, we're here quite often it's about getting over the line no matter how they do it It's on everyone's minds this weekend going into the final is it going to be another hard luck story for Mayo or can they finally reach the Holy Grail can it finally be their time do you think this weekend Joe yeah it's a strange one to be honest because you look at the two teams the two teams 
we're lucky to get to a final. To be honest, like Kerry had it in the palm of the hand, probably just took the eye off the ball. Uh, Tyrone, fair play, pushed on and deserved winners after extra time. And the same thing with Mayo. Exact same thing happened, you know, and it's, and I don't know if it's ever happened, but um, that situation coming into a final, um, everyone when Dublin were back, Kerry were going on to beat, win, to beat Mayo in an all Ireland final, um, you know, and, and next thing Tyrone upset the party there. Uh, now you've got two teams extremely hung, hungry for success. Mayo, obviously, we know the situation, what will be 70 years at this stage, uh, waiting for an All-Ireland and, and the hard luck stories. And to be honest, um, e- even at the beginning of the year, no one had them probably in top three or four. You know, as the year went on, they improved, their squad uh, progressed. And then uh, Kenny O'Connor got the injury. Everyone's like, not a hope, no hope. But they just kept going and kept going. They're, they're sort of consistently throughout the league. Their performances were, were very were very impressive. Then they come to the Connacht Championship. I know they had little to play against, but they still were very impressive. Um, and then you look at Tyrone. You know, Tyrone, with the new management coming in, it's like, right, Mickey Hart's gone. It's going to take maybe a couple of years to maybe adjust to, to two boys, Fergal Logan and uh, Brian Dewey coming in to adjust to their style of play. We spoke about the difference in the style of play, that quick moving of the ball, not as ultra-defensive and putting up massive scores. You know, so it's incredible to think that two teams are in the position, even though they're meant to be rebuilding and working on a new system in the, in the, in the sake of Tyrone, you know. So it's it, it's going to be an extremely tight call. Um, I just think, I, I think Mayo, I think if they play Kerry, they'd have less of a chance because it's a mental thing with Mayo, I think, to a certain point. The fact that they were playing, if they were playing Kerry, they maybe felt, you know, the, the aura around Kerry football and Mayo and, and probably the, the record down the years isn't great. So it might have sort of pressure off them a wee bit sort of in, in camp. But it's um, it, it's going to be incredible because Tyrone feel they are good enough to be there. They, they're, they're not lacking confidence and they never have been. Um, they're extremely confident in the, their own ability and um, that they're going, they're going to believe that they're going to absolutely take this All Ireland title on Saturday evening, and it's um, it's something that's going to be extremely, extremely good to watch. I think the game's going to be great. I think it's going to be free flow match. Two teams are going to. It's going to be the matchups will be pretty impressive. See see who goes on who because I'm sure Ron boys will obviously try to stop the Mayo lads playing. Um, you know, you look at Mayo, they've got probably Oshin Mullen coming back. Hopefully, it'd be great to see him in an All Ireland final. Um, because I think he, he really drives his Mayo team on. And then it's you look at your main players, who's going to play? Um, is Colin McShane going to play? Is Dara Kahneman going to play? You know, these boys, and, and you look at their own bench to come off um, the last day against Kerry, and, and that's what won them the game, essentially, to be honest. They had massive players coming on um, to, to drive things on, whereas Kerry were probably the opposite. The, the main players were coming off. They should have been on the pitch. you know. So it's... Um, I'm looking forward. I can't wait now, to be fair. Uh, I do think Mayo will, will sneak it by a couple of points, but I'm not saying that with any confidence now, to be honest. Yeah. Danny, do Mayo have to just bring chaos to this to this game? They'll bring chaos anyway. <laughs> I think they'll, the chaos of whether they won't be a win is enough for any of the, I'd say, the neutral supporter or Mayo supporter Jeez, if there was all arms being given out for uh, gallantry and uh, I suppose the stickability and you know the ability of a team to keep coming back year on year and showing character and spirit, Mayo would have won them more than anybody else. It has to be said that Mayo, that history is not Mayo's side in this regard. Um, I think they are going in the slight favourites. Um, so that would probably, you know, how do they wear that tag? It would be interesting to see how Mayo will wear that tag. Will they start off well? Um, because historically, Mayo, when they have been going in a slight favourites in any game that, that I suppose I've taken a, a big interest in, they haven't wore those, they haven't started particularly well in those games. And yes, they may have come through provincial finals and stuff, um, but... That wasn't something that they carried particularly overwhelmingly uh, well. So, Tyrone, and, and I think Tyrone will take 
sheer bloody mindedness to the whole thing and they will they will look to create chaos they will look to the screaming in Mayo players faces when when they turn over a ball and it's whether Mayo are prepared for that which I think they will be but it's different putting young fellas that are in against Dublin or Kerry or anybody else there tends not to be that uh, that same level of gamesmanship that goes on so well, well, Mayo, some of the younger guys like Tommy Conroy, guys like that, Oshie Mullen, yes, they're purists, they're great footballers, but it's the ability to go to those darker places, those darker spaces and come out of them. That is going to be the true test of Mayo when they, you know, Tyrone will revel in the fact that they're hated and that the neutral won't want them to win. That's something like a, that's a badge of honour for them. So my, I suppose my expectation is that if Mayo have been in hell before in terms of sports and games, they'll need to go there to beat Tyrone because they, that's where they operate. They operate in that space. And uh, yeah, they'll, they'll, they'll have to bring their own chaos and they'll have to fight fire with fire. But um, it's their ability to absorb that chaos and still make better decisions, still make good decisions and go on and win the match. But if they're, if they're well prepared, and I think James Horn will have them well prepared to do this, then uh, it certainly makes for a great, a great game. Danny, as you mentioned about the younger players, uh, the Tyrone tackle, like, if, if they go into this, like, we've seen the likes of Enda Hessian driving forward the last day, Kevin McLaughlin driving forward, but if they let... Tyrone set up and like Kerry did and go into that tackle, they are going to be punished. Absolutely. And and Kevin McLaughlin's a super player, has been a great stalwart for 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 Mayo. Um and Kevin, I'm sure Kevin has his own uh, physical he is a lovely sidestep, he's a great shot, and you know, he works in very confined spaces, really good brain. But the physical element of it is going to be huge and uh, again, Conroy, when he's up against Dublin, when they're up against Dublin, Dublin obviously weren't uh, playing particularly well, but Dublin defenders back themselves on a one-on-one. Um, and the reality is on a one-on-one, uh, Trump don't do it. You know, they don't tackle in one-on-one on, on a lot of occasions. They will swarm, they will get bodies in a round, they will comfortably pull everybody back behind behind the ball. I think Throne are happy in how they play. I think, you know, we talked about Galway and how they would progress from the Kevin Walsh era um, into a more purist team. And we've seen the result of that. I always have to get Galway and Joe, Joe's always saying that I'm, I'm, I'm hammering Galway all the time. But <laughs> when, you, when you look at that, when you look at how Throne have, I suppose, progressed under the two management, they haven't, they haven't done the aesthetics. They haven't done what people want them to do. They've very much chosen their own way to play. It hasn't been hugely different to the way Mickey Hart played played the game. And there is obviously a wee bit more of a focus um, on going forward. But it's not huge. It's not it's it's not an ocean away from from what they were playing. Uh, they've had that bounce. They've obviously got closer to teams like Dublin. Dublin's come back a wee bit um, and they did take that sheer bloody mindedness to the carry game and Kerry are purists, they're a pure footballing team. Their their forwards didn't expect, I suppose, some of the tactical things that went on there with Myler and, and McGeary was excellent and Ganey uh, and the two Cliffords were were, I suppose, well, David wasn't quiet, he was still brilliant. But you know, he, he ended up getting cramped because it just was wore down. He was wore down by people being swarming him, going for every ball, and when he didn't have that support. The ideas run out, and and Mayo. The difference with Mayo is they have Lee Keegan coming through, and a number of other very very strong runners from defence. So, dare said Mayo probably are a wee bit more well rounded, but it doesn't doesn't mean anything when you're dealing with fifteen men behind the ball that Toronto are going inevitably bring. The big question as well on people's minds, Joe, um, looking at this Mayo team. Where do you feel Aidan O'Shea is going to feature this weekend? Yeah, I don't know. Um, 
it's a strange one. I, like for a, a player that has an impact on the squad with Mayo, when it comes to some of the big games, he just hasn't had the impact that he, he I feel he should, as the player he is, should be having. Um, and we spoke about him not not having scored from in an All Ireland final, which isn't a great bit of reading, but he does bring a lot of other good things to the team. I do think with the physicality of the the throne full back line, he um, with McNamee and um, Hampsey and McKernan, like, they're big, strong, physical players. Um, and if you're looking at the likes of O'Donoghue and Conroy in around them, I think they could be bullied a wee bit. So I, I do think if if Aidan O'Shea can start in there and they can put the right ball into him, I think he, he it's the right play for Mayo. Um, to be honest, you've seen carry full forward line they got a lot of joy out of putting that ball in quick working the score and to be honest like they, they probably they probably should have scored more at the end of the day and they had chances but it's when you slow that ball down and you and you let, allow Tyrone as Andy was saying to drift back get the numbers in turnovers that's what they love they just create energy out of the turnovers three or four men tackling break a pace and up the field they go and, and that's just their, their bread and butter they've done it for years and it just must be bread to them with it it's in their DNA to every single throwing player. They just have this incredible tenacity and tackling awareness of how to tackle properly. They obviously do a lot of it in training, but if they can get that ball in quickly in, into the likes of Aiden O'Shea in full forward, I think he, he could he could have a massive, massive day. Um, like the last day when they put him in full forward against Dublin, it was just really bad ball. A couple of balls they did put in, he won You know, a couple of mistakes on marks and a few... You miss miss shots, but other than that, if they can put that diagonal ball or quick ball into him, he um he, he could have a massive impact. And look, they're, they're gonna bring him in and out. There's, there's no doubt about that. So I think for the first 15-20 minutes, if they do that, and maybe sort of second half with it with a few depending how the game goes, because he does like to come out and sort of control the possession and, and pop pop passes in. But it's um I, I think for for Mayo to win, he needs to have a massive game, massive game. Um, he's the leader of the team. He's, a, he's the captain of the team, and you know it was a big call the last day with Horn taking him off. But he, um, I think, he'd want to make sure he stays on the pitch for this one and uh, have a massive impact because he is he is the main man. Um, and if he can have a big day, it'll go a long way to Mayo winning the game. And along with obviously the likes of Eamon O'Connor, Lee Keegan, um, you know Paddy Durkin. He's had a massive year already this year. Um, and if Ushin Mullen, you know, that these boys, Matthew Ryan, you know, he's going to be um, nominated, I'd, I'd imagine, for player of the year, the way he's playing. Um, you know, so these, these may have a lot of big big players, big game players, and not overall by the situation. So it's, it's not going to be all on Ed Noche. It's going to be players around him. And you know, the young players like Tommy Conroy stood up the last day against Dublin and drove it on. And I, I expect that to be the same again. So it's um, may have a lot of options. And it's just if they perform on the day, and Danny, as Danny was has alluded to, you know the decision making on the big day. You know it's cost them a few silly mistakes, and look, hopefully that doesn't happen, and then get through a game and, and win it with their own ability and their football skill, and not be and not lose it on the decision that they made, or you know a mistake or a drop ball or something like that. Because unfortunately, that's cost them over the last couple of all Irelands that they've been involved in, and it's. Um, it's 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 a tough one to take and it's a hard pill to swallow. But you get to all Ireland finds the teams that make the least mistakes usually generally win them, you know. So if that can be the case uh, and they can reduce their mistakes down to a minimum, then they have a massive chance to win the game. You mentioned there Aidan O'Shea not having scored in uh, all Ireland final Joe. Do you think that it can be on the back of it will be on the back of his mind this weekend going into the game? Um, I, I don't know. Look, there, there's probably a few floors around and people have spoke about it in the media over the last couple of months, especially when they knew Mayo were in the final. Um, and look, it, I don't think it affected affect him too much. I think he's quite mentally strong. Um, so the best thing you could do is drive at it, win that hot ball as he always does in the, in the first first minute of the game. Drive forward, try and get a score straight away and it's done. You know, And that would be, for me, it would, would be ideal. Um, because it's I don't know what his record is in hot balls and, and that in, in in all championship games, but I don't I think last year I don't think he lost the hot ball and it's incredible against some of the midfielders he's going up against. 
just timed it so well and he, he's, he's a great pair of hands on him so uh, if he can do that drive up and use his power straight through the middle of the defences uh, marching done in the final uh, a couple of years ago it's it's a great start and it, it's, a, it's a great building platform for, for Mayo to build on Is it an option to move him to midfield this weekend do you think Danny? I, I think for the Mayo management you have, you have two choices to make okay and for Aidan O'Shea himself, I'm not sure how much influence he will have in this decision, but I'm sure conversations will have been had with the management. Um, I'm sure of himself, Aidan himself, he will have been very disappointed with, with how he played. And you can mask that absolutely on the day. You can go out and celebrate with your with your fellow teammates and stuff. But when you get into the car and when you're at home by yourself and stuff like that, that's when the soul searching needs to be done. And I suppose for him, uh, you know, if 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 I've been in situations such as that, um, you have to ask yourself the question as to maybe why you performed as well as that. It's it's probably a player's. It's always something in the back of your mind as a player, um, playing poorly and being substituted at that level. Um, you can't say that any sportsman hasn't feared the worst in those circumstances. For O'Shea, he will. He will have lived that since the semi-final. He, it, it probably will have occupied his mind. I don't think he'll be too concerned about the scoring bit. I think what Aidan O'Shea probably will need to focus on is the performance. If he scores, he scores at this stage. He's 30, 31. If he never to score, all of his statistics, statistics are, are thrown out there nearly to you know, back up somebody's point in a lot of cases. Aidan O'Shea has played many, many brilliant games in Croke Park at various stages. Um, he has always done his finals as well. Yes, he might have been star of the show, but he has still played his part in, in getting Mayo to that position. I still think on his day, he's one of the best midfielders in the country. Uh, I think he does get a lot of negative press probably on the back of stats like that where he, where he hasn't scored in an all-iron final or he's yet to, you know, and he, he endorses the commercial world and all that kind of stuff. So a lot of that, again, a lot of that is is associated with, I suppose, a general feeling out there that, that Aiden's bigger than Mayo or whatever else. He's just a big personality. He's a very commercial uh, personality at the moment, no different from some of the best players out there. Um, but it especially in Ireland, Danny, people just just take a disliking to that, you know. If you're, oh, 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 absolutely, absolutely, and there is a jealousy that comes with that. Yeah. And I suppose you know, Aidan no O'Shea and anybody that's done well or been successful in their lives and business or whatever, they just have to accept that there will be people knock them. Aidan O'Shea has been about a long time. Will he listen to that kind of stuff? I I would have thought that he's enough experience and probably sense of self worth and confidence that he'll just ignore that type of stuff. And it'll be about, I, I just felt that, that the one year I was there on, on the bigger games, and Joe Joe will have played a huge amount of big games there. It becomes down to the performance. Get the performance right. And then if you get the performance right and your preparation right coming into that, um, I think that's the best that you can hope for and, and just relax. Knowing what I do now, know now about sports, about preparation, about psychology and stuff. I think he will be quite relaxed about where he has to play. I think it, where, where he's going to play, if it is at full forward or midfield, um, he, he'll be just looking to start the game as captain and looking to stay on the field and perform. I don't think where he starts um, will concern him that much. But I think for himself, if it was me, I think midfield is a perfect position for Aidan O'Shea. I think a bit of experiment at full forward didn't go well for him. He was taken off in that position. Um, would, would I want to be there? Absolutely not. Not in today's game. I wouldn't want to be full forward in today's game, given the way Throne play. I would definitely want to run out around centre field where you can, we can um, dictate play. And I suppose his natural attributes is getting the ball, winning the ball, taking a pass somebody, taking a shoulder or a hit, attracting attention and then handing it off. And I think if he gets that right, I think he'll go a long way to, towards performing and possibly getting that score <laughs> in the final there, said. But, uh, listen, uh, you know, a lot of it will dominate 
and I think the sooner the teams uh, kind of announced uh, for himself as well as anybody else, the better, because then they can just, if he's starting, he's starting, people get on it, you know. Joe, Danny mentions Tyrone's setup there, and like, maybe Enda Hesham will start um, this weekend, made a huge impact when he did come in for Darren McHale against Dublin. Then Kevin McLaughlin is more linking the play together and will chip in with a score or two, like Jeremy O'Connor, Connor Loftus, and Matty Rand will chip in with scores as well. But for Mayo, how are they going to get Ryan O'Donoghue and Tommy Connor? into this game with the way Tyrone will set up with this system because they're not going to afford them two players particular space. Yeah, well, look, the one way to try and counteract a bank, uh, not a defensive team, is to move that ball as quick as you can. If that doesn't, if that doesn't work, then you obviously loop it around, be patient, be extremely patient, keep the ball. If you look, you compare that to the, the All-Ireland ladies fine. Dublin have incredible footballers, and if they get, they're allowed to have the ball, they'll win the game. Mead had the, most of the possessions throughout the game. They reduced Dublin to the amount of time they had on the ball, so it gave Mead a massive chance to be able to use possession, create that scoring opportunity. They only scored three points in the second half, and they still won the game quite comprehensively when you're looking at the match. So it's a, Mayo can do the exact same thing. If Tyrone sit back, create that sort of defensive structure that they, they will they will drop their sort of 12 lads back when, when, when they're allowed. You just have to work it to the scores. You know, they have some very good long-range sc- score takers. You're like Devane O'Shea, Matthew Wan, Kevin McLaughlin, uh, Jim O'Connor, these boys, and even you like Lee Keegan, then boys will push up Paddy Dirk and they will kick long scores. So if you actually work that ball in around your 45, 40 yard and, and start kicking points, then Tyrone will have to come out. That would create the gaps in behind for them late runners off the shoulder to pop it in and then create some sort of mayhem in, in that full back line. But look, Tyrone are extremely structured, but that doesn't mean you look what Kerry put up against them. You know, they can still be got at if that ball is moved into the right players and, and the right decisions are made. You know, Seymour Clifford, I know Clifford's a different example. He can score from every angle with both feet and he's extremely hard to mark. But there was still space for them to be able to do that. So they can work it into the right zones. Be patient, be patient, not try and force it and try and win that game in the first 15 minutes, then they have a massive chance, okay? And, and as long as you just keep that into the game plan that they've been working on, um, that the players are, are good enough and they have a massive quality in the team. And it's um, it depends on how, how obviously Jerome come at it. it it'll be extremely important how... Joe McQuillan referees the game as well, I think. Uh, and I don't like saying that, but these days the referees can be finicky in certain things. So if the game is allowed to flow and it's uh, Mayo can move that ball and throw that slowing it down, that will help obviously as well. Whereas if Joe McQuillan is being finicky and pulling up certain things and slowing that game and Tyrone will try and be cute and, and stop them, try and stop uh, Mayo from playing, um, it, it'll be extremely interested to see how that goes so hopefully we won't be talking about the referee at the end of the game for decisions made and hopefully just let the game flow and, and, and that, that'll be that's, that's the ideal situation for, for two teams in an all-around final you don't want a red card or black cards or any of the crap that went on in, in the Dublin game that sort of will take the folks away from the game the players themselves because it's it happens too often hopefully we'll just have a, a, a game a great hard-hitting physical showcasing the skill level of all the players that we have on show and it's um you know with everything that's going on it's great to be able to see and the 42,000 fans will be at the game you know they'll be they'll be lucky to be able to get to watch this game because I think it's going to be a cracker it's funny funny when you talk about what we're 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 due to expect from either team um but I remember in in 2010 um you know the management told us all you know I think it was that one of the all-star dudes were talking Connor Cunningham and we happened to be sitting around the, the same table and uh, James had sent one of one of his trusted lieutenants down to watch Cork training and to see, you know, could he get some kind of in on the on how they were gonna play or their setup and stuff. And guy dressed up as a priest cycled into the into the training ground. Yeah. So he's dressed up as a priest into the training ground and 
the boy at the gate was said, how are you father? And he put on the, the southern accent, how's your own son? And <laughs> anyway, he was going to stop a priest, you know, and uh, anyone done watched the, uh, watched the full train sets and then in house game and reported back then. Oh, on the back, but, uh, <laughs> ultimately it didn't work but it certainly it certainly gave us an indication of of how Dublin or Cork were going to play and it very nearly worked it was only a point on it but is it no use down boys are up to that sort of crack <laughs> <laughs> yeah absolutely would you think that still happened today well, between... there, was, there was there was reports a couple of years ago who was it it was sitting in a tree there was somebody in a tree and if it's Gerald Stadium or somewhere around the Kerry, was it, wasn't it? Yes, was it? Was it Kerry watching Kerry? Kerry had even closed off the one let everyone in, and I don't know who. I, I don't know if it was Kerry or it was some. Yeah, there was somebody in the tree watching the train session, and uh, <laughs> there was a few complaints and allegations thrown around that maybe Dublin had sent white people down to to a tree around Killarney to watch the the Kerry train sessions, or maybe it was Donegal. Maybe it was Donegal and Kerry at that time in the final. If it wasn't Dublin, I wouldn't think Dublin yeah, maybe yeah. would care who they were playing. But uh, it was possibly it was those and it would probably be something Jimmy Jimmy McGuinness made a thought of. I don't know, you know. But there seems to be a northern we'll just say it's the northern located uh, tactic <laughs> of uh, choice. Um on Tyrone Joe as well, like Pregalone and Brian do have to be given massive credit like in their first year in an All-Ireland final have committed more bodies forward like I can't remember a management team who've kind of changed that style and nearly reaped a reward so far in their first season Oh yeah we've said it from the outset it's extremely obvious that they're actually and trying to get more more players forward and commit to, to the attack and they're putting, they've been putting up massive scores all throughout the league and um, even in the Ulster Championship They've, they've been extremely impressive and they've got the options as well. It does help when you have the players. Like, and I know Mickey Hart had a lot of these players and some of them weren't happy they, were, they weren't getting enough of a run. You look at Darren McCurry now, he's having an incredible year. He probably didn't get as much of a run with Mickey as, as he would have liked, but that's probably because he, he's, he's a type of player player and Mickey didn't really go for too many of them. He might have had one in the team, but he didn't have three of them in the, in the forward line. And um, he, It kind of indicates the decision to... I suppose not go with Mickey again, Joe. Um, and you know, I'd be a big believer that three, four, maybe five seasons, as Jim Gavin proved, was enough. Even on the most successful teams, I really believe that anything other than that does become stale. I think the days of, you know, um, eighteen, nineteen years in 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 a in a, in a job is it becomes more about them and less about the players of the team. Um. So uh, sorry for for interrupting that. Oh yeah, and and, and you know, the pro- the one I would maybe differ on is would be Brian Cody. He, he's it's every player is different, and he just changes how the players come in. Yeah, you do this, but uh, yeah, the longer it goes on, it's more about sort of the management, and you've got to be able to evolve with the players that you have as well. You can't just stick to the certain type style of play for ten or 12, 15 years. And expect every single player to be able to play that same system. Yes. Do you think even with Cody? Um, do you think even in, in Cody's situation, like he's been there what twenty odd seasons, or do you not? Do you not think at this stage, given that Kilkenny, you know, have I suppose come back a wee bit, that that it would be time for a wee bit of freshness there for for you know, invariably there's players there that have never played on anybody else. Do you know? Oh no, yeah, I, I do at this stage. You know, he's what 60, 60 odd years of age and. He's he's been a massive servant, and but he he just tend like with even the players he, he probably hasn't had the quality of players now, but he's still got the best out of them, and that's he's just getting the best out of all the players he has at his disposal, and that's probably what the, the point I was making. Whereas the, the likes of Mickey probably wasn't getting the best out of all the players in the squad over the last couple of years because he might have lads might have fell out and with, with his style of play and his, his obviously way of thinking, but look. Can't really not Mickey Hart with the with the number of all Islands that he's won with the, with the players and, and against the teams that he's played against as well. So um, there's no harm in, in changing things up and um, it's 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 an incredible achievement for the two lads to come in and be in this position from from, from their first year. You know, um, 
I, I don't think it's impossible. You know, a lot of people say, oh, a new manager can, I need three years, you know, and that just, I don't know if that shows a lack of belief in themselves and the players, but for me, if you're going in and you have a group of players with the ability that Tyrone would have, you have to expect to win in All-Ireland. You have to be expected to compete for an All-Ireland and be at the top table because why else would you want to be there? Um, and I think there's too much now with management coming in, which we'll give him a couple of years. And then three years down the line, she'll give him another year, see how he goes. Next thing they're five years in and they still haven't done anything going to progress the team. You know, so there's, there's no reason why teams and management can't come in on the first year. It's a new new face, it's a new new voice, new ideas. Players aren't stupid. They're extremely confident and clever individuals that can take on board everything. Most of them actually want to play free-flowing football. You know, they, they can work the systems, yeah, to a point. But, you know, I, I think you can see there's, there's a sense of sort of freedom that the Tyrone boys are allowed to play a bit more loosely. And, you know, you can see in the way that they're kicking their scores, you know, their long-range shooting. Um, they, they're, working, they're working a lot of goal opportunities. So it's not just about structure, structure, structure all the way through and, and that sort of bringing the talented players through. And I, I probably spoke about it, you know, the, the talented players. It's, it's come back, but maybe four or five years ago, it was more about the athleticism in the players rather than the actual football ability. And thankfully, you can see in all squads that, you know, the best players are, are starting and, and they're playing and it's not based on what GPS stats you're putting up in, in training and in games as well. So... It's um yeah it's a, it's a fine achievement and it's it, it'll be it'd be incredible if they can pull it off on Saturday even but it's gonna be it's gonna be a fair battle to be honest. And Danny, as Joe mentions there, like we hear this word so much in GA, we're in transition. Like it could have been an easy cop out for Tyrone, but for them Tyrone players when they hear Brian Dewar speak, and a lot of them players would have seen Brian Dewar growing up. Um, all them players growing up would have seen Brian Dewar playing for Tyrone, so they didn't have to look fair for motivation when did Brian Dewar and Fergal Logan do come in? No, and I suppose the you know Fergal Logan's a very um, personable guy. You know uh, Brian Dewar uh, similarly a very personal guy, but very straight. You know they get on with the business, but I know them um, and the players. You know I think. They are, they are men that operate in, I suppose, uh, Brandeur's effect and uh, Fergal Logan's and facilitation lawyer um, in the legal profession. So they deal with people day in, day out. And, you know, there will be this ability for them, um, I suppose, two heads are better than one. And I thought that, you know, a joint management team, I wasn't aware of any such teams in the past, those structures that have been successful out of one all hours, I suppose, in recent times. Um, so it, it it was obviously interesting to see how that dynamic was going to work and ultimately would it be successful. And thus far, they've delivered and lost the title and now they're in an, an all iron final, um, obviously 70 minutes away from, from lifting an all iron title. So they've certainly proved to be a very... Um, a unique partnership and obviously works really, really well. And the players look to really be playing for them. And, you know, all you can see in any squad is, you know, obviously the success is one and two, you know, the togetherness and people not walking away and uh, and stuff like that. And, you know, Tyrone have taken in players that maybe were fringe, as uh, Joe said, uh, or not playing at all, Darren Curry. Paul Donaghy is a sub. He had a brilliant, brilliant club campaign for Tyrone and hadn't been getting any panel time uh, under Mickey Hart. And you've seen all the guys that have come in and done extremely well. There's Peter Hart. Even Peter Hart's game has changed to a certain degree where he was in a man-marking role in the semi-final. Uh, and what a brilliant uh, what a brilliant job he done there on, on this phenomenal block kind of epitomised where Peter Hart is. Like, you know, Peter Hart had been a playmaker on forward under Mickey Hart and now is is really playing some outstanding football uh, and, and what, he's 30-31 now at this stage. So, 
I think for players themselves, they totally, you know, even if they're said you're coming to the latter end of your career, a new voice and a change in management can definitely give you a new sense and a new uh, sense of belief and a new bounce that comes with it. And that can only be good. That can only be good. Um, so, even that, do you remember? Sorry. Sorry, Joe. Yeah, do you remember the way, the way they dealt with the McKenna situation? Like, I don't even know what happened. It was that quiet, but it was just yeah, obviously something went down. He was sat on the sideline for a couple of games, even with his obviously profile come back from the AFL. You can't play without him, people would be saying. Yeah, they just, no, whatever happened, what happened, no big hullabaloo about it and it was moved on and he's back in fighting for the team as much as anyone yeah and he and he got his and he got his goals the other day in the semi-final that had them take him through and even the Calvin McShane one how they're managing Calvin McShane Calvin McShane came on the semi-final and you could argue that in the first couple of balls that he did get you were kind of going you're fearing for him a wee bit you know then he got his goal um, and he sort of started to there was a Kind of revert back to Cahill McShane that had had such a wonderful season a couple of years ago, and the same with Dara, Dara Calvin as well. Dara Calvin had seen very very little game time, and then he comes on in the in the um, semi final, and again he he he's pulling his things there. He's he's dangerous, and he obviously set up that goal that for Cahill McShane when he took that shot. So. You know, the sentiment doesn't really play a large part, obviously, to her and uh, Fergal Logan will have known Peter Canavan uh, and Dara Canavan had, had, had a fair bit more game time under Mickey Hart than, than he has done under the two guys. And sentiment obviously isn't isn't lost. It it's, it's sorry, it's not it's not that it's not lost, but it's not a huge factor in the two guys picking the team. They're definitely picking boys on form. So I think McShane will have to make do himself. The place in the bench for the final. Um, I think Aidan O'Shea will start the final, uh, and maybe that's the difference between both management teams. Um, where you know James Horn hasn't been afraid to take it off Aidan O'Shea, but similarly the two guys on the other side, Dewar and Logan, they've been pretty ruthless. Where they've not uh, felt the pressure, obviously, to not, as Joe said, play Conor McKenna. Um, and Calvin McShane, if 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 other people are doing a role and doing a job there, so you have to give credit to both to both management teams, I suppose, in a way, and it, it definitely makes for an intriguing final, that's for sure. And whatever way it goes, it's a new it's a new name on the cup, so it's going to be brilliant either way, you know. And like Joe, Danny talks there about some of the Tyrone players that have really rediscovered their form, but. One player really in particular, I suppose everyone was nearly crying out for him to get back to that form. And Niall Sludden really seems to be a different player this year than previous years. Yeah, and look, he's shown hints of his ability and he's, he's come in and out of games over the last couple of years and he probably hasn't put his stamp on that position and that playmaker role. And I think the pressure is off him a wee bit um, with the likes of Maddie Hart and McKenna and these lads around him where he can sort of just go and play his own game rather than having to do everything that everyone's expecting him to do. You know, he's, he's a, he seems to be an incredibly intelligent footballer, can see the game pretty well. He he holds and he creates opportunities for, for players around him. He, he very rarely gets plaudits of all the, of the scores of, say, four or five points, but he, he'll always get his couple of scores. But he, the opportunities he creates to the other players around him because he, he can run with the ball, so he, he'll draw men in, which will create that opportunity to create space for other players, which is great. And he can see that pass if he had to do that. So he's um, he, he's a massive player for Tyrone. And he, you know, as we spoke about with Aidan O'Shea, like if, if Tyrone are going to be successful on, on, on Saturday, even he's going to be a player, and they're the players for, for Tyrone that are going to have to have big games. You know, we spoke, Danny was speaking about Peter Hart, you know. McGeary had, had an incredible game the last day. You know, the, these are the boys that the unsung heroes, if they can have top class games and drive the thing thing on, it, you know, it's 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 gonna be that sort of sway swaying across of who's gonna win the game. And um look, they probably say, well, if you win 12 out of the 15 battles, you'll win the game. So it, it's gonna be interesting to see who see who wins that because there's gonna be so many tight battles across the pitch and um 
know, when you when you look at the the goalkeeper situation as well, you know, with more. Yeah. Sorry, Rob Henley. You know, two boys kicking frees, kicking scores. You know, Rob Henley was the hero the last day for Mayo, and you know Morgan has done it a number of times for for Tyrone, and it's um, it's it's just tactically they'll be very shoot the two teams. You know, with Duhar and Logan, they they'll, they'll have things set up. James Horn, I I think what he does and how he holds himself and, and just the decision-making he makes on the sideline, his team selection most days is pretty smack on. He's been extremely lucky not to win a couple of All-Irelands and with the teams he's had, um, I just think he, he, he's a masterclass of how, how he, as a manager, he, hold, he holds himself. Even his interviews, you know, the way he talks about his players, um, you know, there's a, there's a lot to be said for that and you can see the respect that he gains from the the players and 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 they obviously want to do everything that he asks of them and it's as if it's just he asked them to do it and there's no not even a question about it the boys will just go and die for him um, and you, you can see when when the lads do talk about in post-match pre-match interviews um you know the respect they have from him and he's uh he, he's he's if he can keep going you know he, he probably deserves his all ireland for everything he's done for mayo football and um, he's brought in a new setup, you know, even likes to carry McDonald in on the backroom staff. And, um, you know, you talk about legends, he, he's up there with, with some of the greatest footballers to play the game. And to have him, him in around us, that the, the, the squad and, and players, you know, reacting to him. I've, he actually, he actually trained with us for a couple, for a number of months down here in the club. And to talk about being impressed with someone, he was, he was 40 years of age and he was, he was still pulling strings in, in a training game with ourselves. And, even just challenge him about football. He just loves talking about football. His knowledge of football is incredible. Um, and we, just to get any snippets of that from, from a club point of view, it was, it was fantastic for us. And he, um, I'm sure he's bringing all his knowledge to the, to the players and he's, um, he's a massive boost. And look, it's great, isn't it? When you've got the legends in Tyrone who won All-Irelands and legends in, in Mayo um, that hopefully will win All-Irelands over the next couple of weeks. Uh, it's... It's great, and it's it's the people you want involved, and they're obviously the people that want to drive that the counties on, and um, and have an impact, and and, and they're doing a great job, obviously. Danny, the battle between the goalkeepers this weekend. Rob Henley's going to look to get his kick out of the way really quick, not let Tyrone set up, and to be honest, we don't know what Nile Morgan's going to do this weekend. <laughs> and that's the beauty, but now Morgan because he's 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 a free spurt. And I'm a wonderful keeper. He's a wonderful keeper. I think I've said it on here before. I had the pleasure of playing in the charity match um, with him up in uh, Donegal uh, for a guy, Pat Shovlin, who was a sub goalkeeper or training goalkeeper for um, for for Donny for Donegal and per 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 guy died of cancer at uh, a young age. Uh, but he was playing for ourselves and if you're talking about pinpoint passing and the ability to pick out a man he was on a different really on a different level so now Morgan he's a phenomenally gifted goalkeeper and I think you know Duhar and Logan have, have managed him brilliantly even just letting him go and do his thing uh, just letting him go and, and use all of his experience and all of his ability and just let him go and play football and see how see you know how he approaches the game is really it's it's risky of course but it makes for a wonderful wonderful viewing uh, for the neutral and it's definitely interesting you know if you could say that Rory Began and now Morgan have both taken goalkeeping to another level on top of Stephen Cluxon's you know so it's it's great to see um surely he think... won't go up to the corner of or, or like the fair well, end. This again. I, I, you could. Uh, why not? Why not? You could definitely see him, see him doing that. Will he go as far as that? It's probably highly unlikely, but you'll definitely see him out around the middle, creating an overlap. And uh, you know, it's a, it's a phenomenal tactic now. It really is. It's 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 something that you know you would have been mad for for thinking about 10 years ago but it's something that's very much in the front and center of coaching modern day coaching and thinking of managing and 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 goalkeepers now they, they want to do it they want to come out and they want to play and and when you can play football like now morgan why not to break that kind of tyrone system quick from that mayo kick out 
do you think maybe they might try and deploy Aiden O'Shea deeper so he can catch that mark and then try and go direct as quickly as possible into O'Donoghue and Conroy? Yeah, and I think, you know, if Aiden O'Shea were, you know, if Aiden O'Shea obviously is is uh, going to be playing, he'd be a fantastic uh, target man, even if Niall Morgan is on that side. You know, if, if he does happen to win the ball and they can get it away quick, um, you know, you have Niall Morgan maybe scrambling backwards. So certainly it's something that Mayo might look to do, might, might look to exploit, but... I, I would think now I would think that Nan Morgan would be too clued in for that. I think when he sees somebody of of Aiden O'Shea's stature drifting towards his side, I think he'll he'll know when to uh, when to have a shot at and when not, you know. But um, listen, I, I don't see a change in usually where that tactic is 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 nearly occupying space. Um, Hanley, you know, it'll be interesting to see then. I suppose how the dynamic in regards to both keepers hitting free kicks. Niall, Niall Morgan obviously had some worldies, you could describe them, uh, and all the ones that were far easier that he missed. And the same Hanley, you know, he had some really, really unbelievable scores, but then some other cases he he missed a few. So um, it'll, it'll, it's certainly a battle of the keepers as much as anything else, and uh, definitely makes for a good view. Some of the Big matchups this weekend. Obviously, that inside line, um, McKenna, Donnelly, McCurry. You expect O'Hara and Keegan to go there, but do you expect maybe Mayo to deploy Ushi Mullen in there as well, and maybe them three each on either side to match up? Uh, well, um, possibly yes. Um, Keegan will be seriously dangerous going forward, as will Ushi Mullen. Um, I would I would say that obviously uh, Molly Donnelly is uh, Molly Donnelly is obviously a, a key target man, and um, you you'll see Molly Donnelly being picked up and marked. You'll also see Dorset McGeary being picked up possibly, and they might deploy somebody on McGeary and uh, Myler, uh, you know, on on a man marking role. Will they reciprocate? Will they obviously? Um, um, will they pick somebody up? And, and that is the thing with this game. Um, no matter who league, if Lee Keegan is sent out to pick up Connor Myler, for example, uh, it may well suit him to go to put Myler on the back foot. Um, and if Myler sent out to pick up uh, uh, Conroy, for example, um, do you know wh- what happens in between? Do you know, and that is the confusion in a lot of cases where where teams aren't picking up the same players um, or they've been told to pick up various different players. The matchups are going to be huge. You know, Tyrone got them so right the last day. Um, I suppose from from Mayo's perspective, you know, they've been here before. They have got success over the years against Dublin in matchups. You know, it hasn't always been bad. Yes, the result might have gone away but it always hasn't gone bad as in performance. So it certainly will be interesting um, to see who the matchups are going to be. But as you say, it's it's likely that those matchups that you, you did mention there, um, it, it looks like they're the kind of the obvious ones. But there might be a curveball thrown in here and there. Uh, McGeary is a seriously dangerous centre-half back. And, you know, you'd be pretty mad to start marking the centre-half back, but... You know, in the modern coaching game, you know, maybe it's 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 probably inflexible if you didn't consider it anyway. So is the extra week for Mayo holding advantage here? Um, I think, um, I think it can. Uh, so what's that? Three weeks since four weeks. Four weeks since Mayo played, and then three weeks for. Um... Well, I, th- I, th- I think four weeks is about you know in the old system in the old way pre-COVID four weeks was probably about the same. So, um, I I don't think I think that that the first week after the Dublin game is all about recovery. The second week would have been a serious bit of hard work, and then. That would have been tapered back for weeks three and four. Um, it'd been very, very light this week. 
So, um, and, uh, and obviously just about avoiding injuries and, and getting those guys like Oshimon and stuff, seeing how, you know, how far they are away and trying to get him back into the team for the final. So, um, it's, it's an advantage. I suppose if you had a lot of men carrying knocks and injuries, it's certainly not a disadvantage. What's another five or six days? Absolutely not. So, uh, yeah, um, I suppose it can work both ways. You could easily get injured in training as well. Um, it, it can easily happen. Um, so, you know, I think three weeks is about enough. It's about enough to build any intensity and the emotional element of it. Um, but but enough just to just to not not go on any further. So I think Tyrone are probably in a good place in the happy space. Um, so I think that'll be okay. I think both teams are going in pretty confident about what they are and what they're going to bring. And who's Danny Hughes picking to win the 2021 All Ireland. This is so tight. I really do think this is so tight. Um, I think I think it's going to be a slight Mayo win. Um, for a couple of reasons. One, I think they've done they've done the hard luck stories. The 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 psychological element of not having to play the Dubs in a final and carry is certainly an advantage to them. I'm not saying Tyrone's going to be any different. But I think it's just that the the fact that it is somebody different other other than those two teams, I think it'll help Mayo. Mayo, I don't think will have a huge amount of fear about anybody else other than Dublin uh, or Kerry. So yes, I think Mayo might just have a slight advantage there. Um also taking down the dubs, we can't underestimate how big of an achievement that was. They were six in a row champions. Yes, they weren't the same team as what Jim Gavin had, to be fair, but they were certainly very, very worthy champions. And, and, and Mayo, all that could do was to beat them, and that's what, exactly what they've done. So if you were putting a gun to my head, I would definitely say Mayo. That's not saying that Dub uh, Tyrone would have been surprised Tyrone beating them. Absolutely no. I think it's going to be so tight. Good, well, good extra time. I know this game is definitely going to go down to a fine margin and a fascinating battle. No wait, but Danny Hughes, thanks a million for your time. Thank you very much.